<laughs> We're here. We're doing it. <laughs> you are entirely too oh, giddy. Oh, God. You got too much ice in that glass. I can hear it. Uh, just... <laughs> you know what? I needed a stiff drink, and I've got it, <laughs> and you also have a stiff drink. Today's episode is brought to you by Svedka and fucking iced tea. <laughs> on that side of the mic, but on this side of the mic, we have a lovely, non-alcoholic, minute-made pink lemonade in a three olives bucket that you no doubt got at some bar. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Fine. This, I don't want to quibble. No, this movie, I need it. So let's just get to it. <laughs> My God. You know what? No. You do need a drink for this. I, I, <laughs> My God. I, you absolutely do. Welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, where we are thinking, B. I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And this week we are talking about the 2007 animated adventure film, B-Movie. It is B-Movie, guys. So sorry to tell some of you, but so happy to tell the rest of you. <laughs> uh, it is my last selection for birthday month, so hunker down because it is an even bigger mess than last week. It is the meme dump of our nightmares. I'm so happy that we're doing this. I know you are. This movie is gold. And and you know what? I am going to be a passive person with throughout this recording. I like, really like this movie. I, so you're sitting here. I am sitting here. <laughs> you know, I just... At the same time, I'm like, oh, wow, there's so many great puns in this movie. But at the same time, I'm like, is it a good movie? I don't know. It is. It. <laughs> yep, and that's exactly where we're going to come back to on this. Before we get started, don't forget, go follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at kickingandstreamingpodcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, folks, please be practicing during Ross's birthday month the three R's. Rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, retweet. We want everyone to come expose Elon Musk for being a war criminal. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your birthday wish? Uh, yeah. Oh, please, U.S. government. <laughs> who, who, who lets Russia get ahead? Like, if you've got satellites up there, let us use them. Okay, so short of... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Happy birthday month to me. <laughs> Short of showing up Elon Musk, why don't you tell them about the Patreon? Guys, for just $5 a month, you too can be a little onion contributor at the $5 level. We've got all of our bonus content waiting over there for you right now. All of our long-form coverage. All of our television coverage. We did every single episode of HBO's John Adams and Netflix's Haunting of Hill House. They're all over there for you. Carrie takes a sip. And we, <laughs> we also have great long-form coverage coming for you at the end of this year, so you might want to get all settled in you might want to get you know signed up so that you can get in for that <laughs> yeah and if you guys sign up right now you'll get everything that we've ever posted this moment mm -hmm. for five dollars it's a great value if you sign up now to post a month yeah Middle absolutely and end. yeah you'll be waiting on us it'll be great <laughs> all right 
<sighs> I thanks for this birthday month, kid. Like you know, it's like <laughs> I... it's been a wild ride, and birthday month is always a wild eight weeks it for is. us every year. <laughs> oh my god! And I'm glad we get to end it with me. Yeah, it's me. It's me. I'm just kidding. Can you imagine if I was like that? <laughs> <laughs> I think you would collapse on yourself like a dying star if you were actually like that. Probably. For thousands of years, humans have misunderstood them and feared them. Now, one bee in a turtleneck sweater is going to change everything. Stand back. These are winter boots. Why does his life have any less value than yours? This fall. I gotta say something. You like jazz? <gasps> You're talking to humans. You're flying outside the hive. Barry B. Benson. So you see soda spilled on a sidewalk and you don't drink it? Is a little bee. He's not bothering anybody. Get out of here, you creep. Discovering a big secret. How did this get here? It's just honey, Barry. This is stealing. Cute bee. Golden Blossom, Ray Liotta Private Select. I'm gonna get to the bottom of this. You have a plan? Yes. Plan B. He's brave. Where'd you get the honey? It's ours now. He's bold. This can't possibly work. Okay, Barry, pull the chute. He's reaching new heights. (gasps) What happened? I just tried to talk to these guys. Hi. Ah, (gasps) Then there was a dustbuster, a toupee, a life raft exploded. Now one's bald, one's in a boat, and they're both unconscious. Jerry Seinfeld, Renee Zellweger. (gasps) DreamWorks B-Movie. So, guys, it's a Jerry Seinfeld B, and he sues the government for the enslavement of his race. (laughs) He witnesses his own personal holocaust for his civilization. Oh, not the use of the word holocaust. Carrie... You know what? You can cut that out right there if you need to, because I'm going to use it later instead. He does carry like this movie is so wild. It's so wonderfully written. And it's just got that. I don't know. It's just there's so many wild things happening. And then all the all the humor, all the puns mixed right in there. Of course, it's a vehicle for bee humor (laughs) because bees are some of the most interesting creatures out there. They are. We're actually going to see a bee embark on a classist struggle (laughs) for the betterment and recognition of his... Species contribution to all of humanity. It's wild. It is wild, and it's Jerry Seinfeld. We've got two directors. Why do we have to have two directors every time? Like, what's going on lately? (laughs) Too many cooks. Too many cooks. Simon James Smith and Steve Hickner. And they are DreamWorks baddies. They have been working in DreamWorks animation forever. Um, As a matter of fact, they've been with us before. They have. The Prince of Egypt they worked on for DreamWorks. Oh, I just re-listened to that episode. At least Steve Hickner did. And Simon James Smith, involved with Shrek. Yeah. And ants. We love ants. <laughs> except for the Woody Allen. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. You know Jerry Seinfeld wrote it. You know he wrote this script, along with three other people I might mention. Spike Ferriston, Barry Martyr, and Andy Robin. <laughs> Jim Cummings is the narrator. We, lo- we love an honored all-time voice actor. Oh, like, my God. Uh, 
DreamWorks, there's just something about a DreamWorks project. This in concept is so stupid that I cannot believe that it actually doubled its budget. <laughs> made a lot of money. It made $150 million, which is not nothing. Like, I mean, I feel like we've liked way stupider things for less. It's a cult following, definitely, which is the other thing. Like, <laughs> for it to be so successful and then have the cult following it does, because <laughs> it's the thing. When people, anytime somebody sees something from B-Movie on the internet anymore, they're just like, yeah, that did happen. <laughs> yeah. It's like the way you are with Cocoon. You're like, Cocoon didn't happen. Yeah, no, yeah, that thing with the bee and it's Seinfeld. Bee like, movie didn't happen? Are I, you kidding me? I, I, say, I say that now, but it's only 15 years old. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Also, I just want to give a shout out to the Swedish animation students who definitely came up with this and it was stolen from them. What? Yeah, no, there was a lawsuit. Oh, like, tell me more. Uh, two lawsuits, as a matter of fact. Uh, multiple Swedish animation students who were represented by an American attorney sued because their development concept in 2000 titled Beebelon. Beebelon! Had many similarities to B-Movie. Oh, my God. Yeah, no. I oh, Lord. How did this go? I don't... It doesn't say how they were settled. Come on, Wikipedia. Do better. <laughs> Folks, you might have guessed it, but we've got names. Lord. Like, I just, I couldn't remember how many famous people were in this movie. It's so great, guys. We've got a lot of repeat performers. <laughs> oh my god. But we don't in one Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld is a comedian from New York. Quite famously a stand-up comedian. He's playing our protagonist, Barry B. Benson. <laughs> yeah. Or Barry Benson B. I, I don't no, know. No, Barry B. Benson. You should no Seinfeld if you have parents alive today. <laughs> oh my god. Um, 1989 to 1998 ran NBC Seinfeld. It's one of the most successful um, sitcoms of all time. It is like the blueprint for our modern millennial um, sitcom. sitcom. The blueprint. <laughs> I don't know about that. That's a little strong. But him and Larry David got together and said, let's do Seinfeld. And it's a show about nothing. It is a show about nothing. It is about four white friends in New York City. How do we know when it's over? I do. Four white Jewish friends in New York City. I love in Big Mouth, <laughs> where they spoof Seinfeld. <laughs> and Nick is Jerry. And <laughs> Jay is Kramer. And Andrew is George. And, <laughs> and Jesse is Elaine. <laughs> it's too much. It, per, it fit. It, it, I almost said it perts fictedly. It fits perfectly. <laughs> and Jerry Seinfeld, you'll also know him from comedians getting coffee in the car, getting coffee or something. <laughs> yeah, that Netflix show. Yeah, and B-movie. Those are his three big things. <laughs> Can you pick Jerry Seinfeld out of any other movie? Besides B-movie? No. I, I really can't. I, I can't think of another film, feature film, that he is actually a part of. It's Seinfeld, B-movie, and comedians in the car getting coffee. And I can't, guys, he does such a good job in this. He just does. <laughs> He's so funny. And you know what, Jerry? You've had some moments over the, <laughs> yeah. over the last, like, four decades. You've had some moments. Um, we don't have to get into all that right now because this is a Jerry Seinfeld B, and we have content to cover. As Vanessa Bloom, the human being that Barry B. Benson will come to love. 
Oh my God! Voicing Vanessa is please welcome her back to kicking and streaming, Miss Renee Zellweger. She's been with us at least once in Chicago. She was with us this summer in Chicago. And Carrie, how could you be forgetting Judy? Oh, you're right. She's Judy fucking Garland you're in the right. Judy biopic, wow. and it's scary. <laughs> oh my God! What? She is her. What? She was born three months before Judy died. Oh, God. Oh, there it is. It was meant to be. <laughs> oh, stop. They existed in the same timeline. No. It, 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 I'm kidding. No. <laughs> Portraying Adam Flayman, Barry B. Benson's best friend, we have. <laughs> Please welcome him back to Kicking and Streaming, Mr. Matthew Broderick. He was with us when we covered The Producers. Yes, he was. And guys, he's fucking Simba from The Lion King. Yeah. He's Ferris Bueller from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. War games. <laughs> Love war games. We must do war games. Because Leo McGarry's in it. Yeah. He's Inspector fucking Gadget. Like, yeah, oh my God. Yeah. Like, ah! And every time we have Matthew Broderick on here, every time I get around to B-movie, I'm like, B-movie. <laughs> oh my goodness, Matthew. We love you. Oh Lord. Portraying attorney Leighton T. Montgomery. <laughs> One of my favorite voice performances. We've got John Goodman. Please welcome him back to Kicking and Streaming. I love John Goodman. Yes. He was with us when we did Monsters Inc. because he's Sully from oh, Monsters Inc. I love Monsters Inc. He's also. Guys, he's Dan Connor from Roseanne. TV's Roseanne, as they say. <laughs> Which, guys, funnily enough, Roseanne was the first thing we ever tested out when we were recording. We did. We 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 did the first pot, the pilot of the original, and then we compared it to the pilot of the revamp. Yeah, that's right. That's Five a, years ago. Yeah, that's a lost episode at this point. Yeah, it's gone because of the data lossage. Ugh. He's, guys, John Goodman's in everything. Like, (laughs) he is. Like, remember the West Wing? Yeah. Remember the John Goodman West Wing arc? I love it. Big Lebowski, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? The Flintstones, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Ooh. Ooh, I love that. Extremely Loud, Incredibly Close. Argo, he's in Flight. You know I want to do Flight so bad. I know you do. He's Pacha from Emperor's New Groove. (laughs) You just know he is. Oh, and guys, who could could not mention the Righteous Gemstones at this point? (laughs) Oh, God love you, John. Mama told me not to. I did it anyway. <laughs> Misbehaving. He's so pissed. <laughs> How could you be pissed hearing that song? <laughs> Portraying Ken is Patrick Warburton, who was in Emperor's New Groove with John Goodman as Croc. <laughs> Patrick Warburton is, of course, also famously the voice of Joe Swanson from... Family Guy. Uh, He's in plenty of other things, believe me. Oh no, Patrick Warburton just has a quality to his voice. Patrick Warburton and H. John Benjamin just have the luxury of coasting on their actual speaking voices. <laughs> that's that's reductionist. They, <laughs> but still, you know. Yeah, no. Like, I just, absolutely. Just saying. <laughs> Voicing Moose Blood, the mosquito is fucking Chris Rock, and I lost my mind when I realized it was Chris Rock again. I'm so happy that. We will not have to talk about that for very long. And guys, I mean, Chris Rock is Chris Rock. You know, Beverly Hills Cop 2, Chris Rock. I'm kidding. No. Guys, he's the voice of Marty from the Madagascar franchise. Yeah. I love it. I love it so much. Uh, and which is, actually, you know what? That's the only thing. And everybody hates Chris. But I'm, that's the only two things I'm going to mention for Chris Rock. <laughs> guys, please welcome her back to Kicking and Streaming Voicing. Um, Barry's mother, Janet, is Kathy Bates. <laughs> she was with us in Misery. She was with us when we covered Misery. And, and Titanic. And Titanic. She was there as well. There's got to be another time, I feel like. I'm sure at this point. But like, you know what, Corey, let us know at Kick In Street. (laughs) Call us, actually. Call one of us. 
Barry Levinson is voicing Barry's father, Martin. Um, Good Morning Vietnam he was in, and Wag the Dog, and oh, he's in Rain Man. He directed Rain Man. Oh, wow. Oh, he won an Oscar for directing Rain Man. Uh, wow. <laughs> I, I get it. <laughs> okay. I, I do. All right. Guys, Rip Torn is the general. Lou DeLuca? <laughs> like, he was with us when we covered Dodgeball. You're kidding. No, seriously. I wasn't here for that. No, had, you weren't. You I had weren't. COVID. He's also Zed from Men in Black. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. Oprah fucking Winfrey voices <laughs> Judge Bumbleton. No, fam. I have to know what the price tag was for Oprah Winfrey delivering a voice performance. Jerry Seinfeld's one of the most successful stand-up comedians of all time. I don't know. Maybe he was just like, hey, Oprah, want to be in my... <laughs> hey, Oprah, want to be in my B movie? Maybe he's got Oprah poll. Who knows? <laughs> oh, also, Megan Mullally is in this, voicing the Hunnex tour guide. Just want to say, it's such a bit role, but she does such a good job. <laughs> I honestly thought she was the voice of the mom, but no, she's she's just the Hunnix tour guide, Trudy. We love Megan Mullally on this podcast. <laughs> Michael Richards voicing Bud Ditchwater. <laughs> he's Cosmo Kramer from Seinfeld. <laughs> Which also, Michael Richards, what the fuck, buddy? <laughs> we all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and if you don't know what I'm talking about, just go to YouTube. <laughs> And search Michael Richards fucks up. <laughs> and boy, does he fuck up. I can't breathe. Um, Larry King portrays B. Larry King. Oh, no. Just saying. Larry Miller. Pablo Putinesca. Yeah. <laughs> He's Dean Buswell. And uh, Jim Cummings is our narrator, as I said. John DiMaggio is the bailiff and the janitor. I love John DiMaggio. Oh, my God. Trace McNeil is Jeanette Chung. Oh, no. Yeah. Some Matt Groening favorites over here. Ray Liotta as himself. That takes a lot of balls. <laughs> Not to mention Sting. And Sting is himself. <laughs> this is great. I, I love all this. <laughs> all the cameos. Guys, guys, I almost don't want to start because then it'll end i god i know i like, know like listen this is the meme dump of all of our dreams right yes like i i mean when i think of memeable content i think of spongebob first but then like the second thing i think of is b movie like this movie is so out of pocket in most places in the narrative like i <sighs> It's one of those things where I'm going to have to remind myself that I am an adult person and this movie was made for kids and I just, I didn't catch it when I was young, y'all. And so I am, you know, viewing it with fresh adult eyes this time. And it's insane. It is insane. We get some on-screen text to begin with. With the Jim Cummings narrator. According to all known laws of aviation, there is no way that a bee should be able to fly. Its wings are too small to get its fat little body off the ground. The bee, of course, flies anyway, because bees don't care what humans think is impossible. The immediate middle finger from the narrator. Listen, I can relate because my fat little body also does not care what anybody else thinks. It's the way I didn't really understand before this, really, how vital bees were to the environment. Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess I kind of knew, but like, not really. Obviously, bees... They bolster our environment very keely. They are the ones that spread 
pollination, you Absolutely. know. Which is what keeps at least Kingdom Plante alive. And if Kingdom Plante dies, exactly. Kingdom no. Animalia dies as well. Your favorite episode of Black Mirror. My favorite episode of Black Mirror is Hated in the Nation, the one about the bees. Yes. The robotic bees that keep us all alive. Yeah, no. It's, <laughs> or, well, get us all dead, if you think about it. <laughs> which... That will be coming <laughs> probably to Patreon one day. <laughs> some some Black Mirror faves. Guys, we're in the bee world. We are inside their little universe in their hive in the middle of Central Park on Manhattan Island. <laughs> They're New Yorker bees. <laughs> of course they are. In what world would Jerry Seinfeld not be a New York bee? And guys, it's just, it, they have... It's the way their civilization is coded, very forward thinking and very industrial and very, but in a, in B style, <laughs> you know, every, every hard surface is probably honeycomb or <laughs> I don't know, metal. Like some of the shit looks metal. That's what I can't get over. We meet Barry B. Benson, the Jerry Seinfeld B. Barry, why don't you use the stairs? Your father paid good money for those. Sorry, I'm excited. Here's the graduate. We're very proud of you, son. And a perfect report card. All bees. Very proud. Ma, I got a thing going here. You got some lint on your fuzz. Ow, that's me. Wave to us. We'll be in row 118,000. Barry is graduating from bee college today. I, you know, it, it, it goes so fast. <laughs> Three days of B elementary, three days of B middle school, three days of B high school, and three days of B college, you know. You know, the life of bees is very short, and his parents are very proud of him. They live in a sick house. Yeah, they do. Stirring is making money. <laughs> With stairs. That's the thing that I can't get over. Because he just flies down the stairs. <laughs> Barry, use the stairs. Your father spent a lot of money on the stairs. Because he's a stirrer at Hunnex, correct? Yes. And Hunnex is the corporation that everyone works for. <laughs> everyone has one job, and it's to work for the hive. Because they make the honey. Indeed. And, you know, Barry has himself a best friend named Adam Flamen. The cute little car he picks him up in. I know. The way it putters. I love the noises <laughs> hey did you hear about frankie yeah you going to his funeral no i'm not going to his funeral everybody knows just think someone you die you don't waste it on a squirrel he was such a hothead yeah i guess he could have just gotten out of the way and they're both very good students they've been working very hard at b college over the last three days and they're very excited to graduate from b college and join Honex. okay the way they literally just fly in so late for the ceremony and they immediately graduate i know and then the seats they're all sitting in turn into little, I don't know, little buses, little little tractor trailers. Yeah, like, they go straight from graduation to in, a, into working. It's a it's an orientation for Hunnicks, <laughs> and it's a tour headed by Megan Mullally. Yeah, most bee jobs are small ones, but bees know that every small job, if it's done well, means a lot. But choose carefully, because you'll stay in the job that you pick for the rest of your life. The same job for the rest of your life? I didn't know that. What's the difference? Huh? And as she's given this tour, we're seeing it all. The whole bee operation. I know it's not a visual medium. Don't at us. Like, <laughs> but like, Carrie, doesn't that honey look so good? It looks delicious. I want it in my tea I, at this moment. I am poo bear. I, just, <laughs> I am. Oh, and that will come back to haunt us, actually. <laughs> honey is their life. It's their entire livelihood. 
And I just, I love the, just the idea that there is a little civilization existing entirely separately from us, like, <laughs> in this little hive in the middle of Central Park. No, but the other thing that is regrettably relatable is that if you get a job at Honix, you have to do the same job for the rest of your life. Yeah, no, that is the uh, condition that Megan Mullally gives us there right at the very end. Like, not a day off in 27 million years? Which is, I, bees, bees. <laughs> 27 million years, bees? They are doing the good work. And the way Barry is like, so you'll just work us to death? We'll sure try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We'll that. sure try. We'll sure try. This is starting to sound uncomfortably familiar. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> Work till you die, proletariat. Like. And Adam, the best friend, is so not phased about this because like a certain co-host, he's thrilled that he will only ever have to make one decision for the rest of his life. <laughs> <laughs> it's my birthday. And I am adding you directly. Oh my God. When I try to ask this man where he wants to eat or where he wants to go, he's like, mm, where do you want to go? Okay. <laughs> and then I offer solutions and he likes none of them. Literally meet a mom on the phone the other night. Where do you want to eat for your birthday? I don't know. Maybe we should. Hmm. Something everyone can agree on. And she's like, it's your fucking birthday. We do this every year. Which is so funny because we also do that with her birthday every year. Hey. <laughs> That's where you I get it. I love my mommy. I also do too. <laughs> you love my mommy? Not not my mommy. Your yeah, mommy. But my mommy. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're right. Adam's like, listen, I think we make a big, too big a deal out of all this, honey. And I'm like, it's literally your purpose. But like. Honey is money. But the thing about this, guys, is we're being forced intellectualized that these bees are sentient and they can well not that bees aren't sentient but like they can communicate they speak no one knows they speak yeah I know. it's the number one bee law you can't talk to humans because they can't find out that they talk but barry's got some big dreams of his own right because he wants to be a what are they called pollen jock he wants to be a pollen jock wait a second check it out Hey, those are pollen jocks. Wow. I've never seen them this close. They know what it's like to go outside the hive. Yeah, but some of them don't come back. <laughs> and we see some of the pollen jocks. They're the only bees who know what it's like outside of the hive because they're the ones who go out and get the nectar and bring it back. And, like, they're kind of like, I don't know, the closest thing I have to compare to it is either soldiers or high school football players. Like, they are the heroes of this civilization. They're basically the cops, if you think about it. Oh, no, they're not. They're kind of the bee cops. They're bee cop coded. <laughs> oh, stop. But, you know, yeah, their job is, of course, to go out and collect nectar and to pollinate. And, of course, we got to make all the big, strong men go and do that, you know? Yeah, no. And, like, they, Carrie. like... What? Carrie. What? I found out about something today. What? I Tell found, me. I found out about bee dicks. What? Bees have dicks. What? You think there's just one queen, right? And she's laying all the eggs, right? <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> she's copulating with all of the males in the colony. So there is one queen. She just gets around. Carrie. A bee's dick is almost bigger than its body. I don't know the pro the process of bee erection. 
Carrie, they have to like undo their whole ass and then let it grow out. I'm upset with you. It's so upsetting. I don't need this information. I'm showing you be dick pics when we're done. Stop! It's so insane, Carrie. Absolutely not. I do not consent. I did (laughs) absolutely not. (laughs) I do not consent. I do not consent to you showing me be dicks. I'm sorry. It's wild. If you need to put that in outtakes, you can. But, like, <laughs> I'm sorry. And so... <laughs> How do we continue after B dicks? And so the pollen jocks see both Barry and Adam trying to flirt with these lady bees. And the pollen jocks, just, you know, puffing up their chests, decide to challenge Barry to join them on a run the next day. Exactly. Maybe you're not up for it. Maybe I am. You are not. We're going 0900 at J-Gate. Whoa. What do you think, Buzzy Boy? Are you B enough? I might be. It all depends on what 0900 means. And of course, Barry feels like he's got something to prove. So he's like, fine, I'll be there. Even though he's got to start work at Honex tomorrow. Exactly. When he and Adam are looking up at the constantly changing job board of Honex job opportunities. It's like they're like flights that are being delayed like over and over again. You can't get one. Like of all of the jobs on this openings board, the one that's most fascinating to me is Lint Coordinator. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta separate the lint from the pollen, I guess, you know? <laughs> Props to Barry. Rather than go to the same job for the rest of his life right away, Barry decides to take the pollen jocks up on their challenge and dashes away to go out with them on a run that day. This will go well for him. <laughs> no, it won't. So, no, it absolutely will not. They're pollinating and flying, and the animation is glorious, and they hone in on some very bright objects. Oh, no, the flying sequence is very neat. Like, they're in New York City, like, scanning for flowers. Seinfeld's got to show you the Big Apple. <laughs> <laughs> And, like, they descend on this, like, pod of flowers in Central Park, and it's not a giant hazing either. There are a couple of pollen jocks who are actually showing him how everything works. With Their nectar guns? The nectar collectors. Yeah, the nectar. Oh. My. God. That's what they're called. Oh, my God. The nectar collectors. You ever see pollination up close? No, sir. I pick up some pollen over here, sprinkle it over here. Maybe a dash over there, pinch on that one. See that? It's a little bit of magic, ain't it? Wow, that's amazing. Why do we do that? That's pollen power, kid. More pollen, more flowers, more nectar, more honey for us. Cool. And, like, it's all going super well until the bees see this bright yellow light on their radar, and they're like, oh, those are flowers. It's tennis balls. (laughs) And, yes, fearful pranks ensue. (laughs) Because, like, Barry gets stuck to one of the tennis balls, and this whole sequence is wild. No, yeah, no, basically, Ken, who we will know more of later, picks up the tennis ball that he is now stuck to, Barry, that is, because he landed right on it. You know, I don't think these are flowers. Should we tell him? I think he knows. What is this? And he basically tennis balls him away and into the street. (laughs) The animation is really good. (laughs) He gets stuck in that car and everyone's freaking out because there's a bee in the car. Wait, don't move. (laughs) He won't attack if we don't move. He blinked! 
grandma like <laughs> there's kids in that car too yeah and one of the things i don't like about this movie is how the quote children in this universe just kind of look like the adults but smaller yeah no there's not a lot of difference there is there <laughs> and so after getting jolted around the innards of a car for a second he finally gets free but then guys it starts to rain. And you know what? Bees just cannot fly in the rain. I don't see how anything can, really. Yeah, I like, understand what you mean, but... When I say anything, of course, I don't mean, like, airplanes or, like, you but know... But you mean, like, birds. Birds, yeah. Like, <laughs> how does that not fuck with you? Like, But the insects definitely cannot fly during the rain. And his elevator's rapidly dropping. Bees can't fly in rain. Bees can't fly in rain. And he gets pummeled by a... I almost said a teardrop. He, almost, he gets pummeled by a raindrop and put into the flower bed outside this apartment. Right, he's now on the windowsill garden of one Vanessa Bloom. She's a florist. Vanessa Bloom. I know. Are it, you kidding? It's me? also Renee Zellweger. Every time I watch this movie, I think it's Jennifer Aniston. But it's definitely Renee Zellweger to begin with. Like, and like her boyfriend Ken is also around. He's the one who pelted Barry into the street. I mean, when you think about it, Ken has no reason to be mad. He's the reason this happened. Like, <laughs> okay, we'll come back to Ken and his frustrations later. But like, you know, Barry flies into this apartment completely unaware of his surroundings. He knows there's humans there, but he's trying to escape, and Ken sees him. I know, yeah. <laughs> Stop! Bees! Stand back. These are winter boots. No, Kill him. You know I'm allergic to them. This thing could kill me. Why does his life have any less value than yours? Why does his life have any less value than mine? Is that your statement? I'm just saying all life has value. You don't know what he's capable of feeling. Vanessa stops Ken from squashing Barry. She's like, listen, I just think that all life has value, so please don't kill the bees. But, like, my my justification would be bees are very important to the environment. Obviously, Ken is annoying, right? Oh, no, yeah. Because the, th the thing that's so funny to me, Carrie, is because he has the fucking um, the brochure. That's his resume. That's his resume. Because he's a chef. Yeah. And <laughs> My spinach puffs. <laughs> yeah. And, like, it's the way that she, because they trap him under a glass, right? They trap Barry under a glass. It's the way she picks up his brochure, <laughs> rips it in half. <laughs> And my brochure. <laughs> and then slips it under the glass. She did not need to tear it in half. <laughs> she did. It was unnecessary. <laughs> and she picks Barry's ass up under the glass. Don't and kill him! Because <laughs> Ken's trying to kill him. Like... And she puts his ass back outside on the windowsill. There you go, little guy. I'm not scared of him, but, you know, it's an allergic thing. Hey, why don't you put that on your resume brochure? It's not funny. My whole face could pop up. Hmm, make it one of your special skills. You know, knocking someone out is also a special skill. And you can see it as she's letting him slide off that brochure. He's in love. He's in love with her. She saved his life. <laughs> and, guys, when the sun finally comes out... And Barry can finally return to the hive. He's like, I, I can't leave. I, I gotta say something. And he's having this internal conflict. <laughs> he's like, I can't do that. It's the number one bee law. You don't talk to humans. You don't talk to humans. How should I start it? You like jazz? No, that's no good. 
Here she comes. Speak, you fool. Uh, hi. <gasps> I'm sorry. Oh, you're talking. Yes, I know, I know. I'm so sorry. You're so talking. I know, I'm, so I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. It's fine. It's just, I know I'm dreaming, but I don't recall going to bed. Well, you know, I'm sure this is very disconcerting. Well, yeah, and... I mean, this is a bit of a surprise to me. I mean, you're a bee. Yeah. Do you like jazz? <laughs> yes, I know, Gary, it's the best. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most memeable moment of the movie. <laughs> you like jazz? <laughs> and so she's puttering around the kitchen. All of her company has left. She's by herself. And all of a sudden, this voice is speaking to her from the countertop. <laughs> um, hi. <gasps> she drops everything. <laughs> she does. <laughs> I'm Barry. You're talking. <laughs> I, I, you're talking. <laughs> It's all weird, and you know what's even weirder is the way she almost immediately becomes okay with this. No, she's starting to go a little stir-crazy. She's like, all right, I have a guest. And, like, the way she starts to gas him up just to make it not awkward because she's talking to a Jerry Seinfeld bee. <laughs> when she offers him cake. <laughs> you want a little rum cake? <laughs> have a little rum cake. And he's like, I'm good, I'm good. How about coffee? <laughs> So I guess we've become acquainted enough for her to take him to the roof. She has a beautiful view of Central Park, by the she way. She sure does. What are you going to do, Barry? About work? I don't know. I want to do my part for the hive, but I, I can't do it the way they want. I know how you feel. You do? Sure. My parents wanted me to be a lawyer or a doctor, but I wanted to be a florist. Really? My only interest is flowers. Our new queen was just elected with that same campaign slogan. Oh. I love this actual representation of you don't have to fit society's mold or prescription of what you should be. No, of course not. Not your family, not society, not the government. You can do whatever you want if you put your mind to it. And she did. She's a florist. She loves flowers. And during this entire conversation, there's a handyman. <laughs> <laughs> there's a handyman. The animation in their facial expressions is so good. And he gets up on that letter to change a light bulb. <laughs> and he sees her. Basically talking, talking to, to herself. No one. Yeah, just talking to herself. You are right, ma'am. Uh, oh, yeah, fine. Just having two cups of coffee. <laughs> when they decide to become friends and they shake <laughs> with her finger, with her fingertip in his <laughs> tiny little hand. Why do they have hands? <laughs> I, I swear. <laughs> oh my God. So, um. Yeah, no, that's the thing. Like, when he's back in the hive and telling Adam about his adventures, he's like, oh, my God, how did you not die? How'd you get back, poodle? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he got back by a dog. Yeah, oh, my God. And he's telling him that he met someone. Oh, my God. A wasp? Oh, no, your family will go insane. Is she... This is my favorite line that gets repeated. Is she at least bee-ish? Stop! Like Jewish? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I know that's what he means too. I just know it. But no, he tells Adam that Vanessa is a human woman. Oh no. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. That didn't happen. You didn't do that. That's a B law. You wouldn't break a B law. Her name's Vanessa. Oh, oh boy. She's so nice. And she's a florist. Oh no, 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 no. You're dating a human florist. Well, well we're not dating. You're flying outside the hive. You're talking to human beings that attack our homes with power washers and M80s. That's one eighth of a stick of dynamite. She saved my life, and she understands me. 
Barry, I get it. I guess. I guess I get it that she saved your life and now you're kind of enamored with her. And Adam's just like, do you not understand that humans hate us? Yeah. They literally try to kill us every opportunity they get. Did you not experience it out there? And he's like, you have a point. (laughs) A guy did try to kill me, you know, like. And Adam is trying to get him to come down from cloud nine. And his parents are also trying to encourage him to get a job. (laughs) Because it's like this three days. We have to be thinking B, right? Yeah, because in B culture, if you don't have a job, you are barely a B, and I'm like, oof. His dad. Barry, you know what your problem is? I gotta start thinking B. (laughs) (laughs) And like, while his parents are trying to lecture him, Carrie? Barry? You have to let me. You have to let me. (laughs) Okay. Carrie, this is my favorite part of the movie. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. To to avoid listening to them nag him, because their pool is just full of honey. He dives into the honey and starts going into this feverish daydream. Gary, it's the music that gets me the most. Sugar. Sugar, sugar by the Archies, I swear to God. (laughs) He's on a picnic date with Vanessa. (laughs) This bitch is on a date with a bee. (laughs) And Carrie, the flirting and the way they're toasting to one another, and a mosquito lands on her leg and she smacks it dead. (laughs) And they go, (gasps) and they stare at each other, and then they just crack up. No, wait a minute. No, wait a minute. Doesn't she also get into a... Hold on. Hold on. (laughs) Okay. And then they start flirting even more. My head is on fire right now. (laughs) When this was happening, I couldn't stop laughing. You coming? She's in a plane so they can go flying together. This little black and yellow plane. Like a bumble. And they're doing tricks in midair with one another. And she goes, watch this. And she does like a smoke heart in the sky and then starts to fly off frame and immediately flies into the side of a mountain. And it, the plane explodes. Ah, I need a minute to breathe. (laughs) That is my favorite part of the movie. (laughs) What the fuck is happening? So, (laughs) I need you to take me seriously when I tell you I need a minute. (laughs) Okay. I'm I'm sorry. Take a drink. I can't believe the loveliness of loving you. (laughs) I just can't believe it's true. He's infatuated with her. <laughs> oh, we've got to. Oh, so sorry, King. And I'm sorry to everyone whose ears I've been screaming into. You're going to have to turn me down. <laughs> I'll do my Make best. Make the audio louder than us or something, please. Like, 
And so Barry and Vanessa are spending more time together at her florist shop. And, and they go grocery shopping together, right? They do. And oh, remember, because like when she walked in, he, he was on her shoulder. Yeah. And that guy tried to whack him with the magazine. First of all, if I saw a bug on somebody, my first instinct would not be to roll up a magazine and whack them. <laughs> yeah. Politely tap them on the shoulder and say, hey. You've got a bee on your shoulder. No, but this guy rolls up a penny saver and whacks her. <gasps> oh my goodness! Are you okay? Yeah. Whew. What is wrong with you? It's a bug. Well, he's not bothering anybody. Get out of here, you creep! He's not bothering anybody! Get out of here, you creep! <laughs> and that's when he notices the honey, right? And he's not happy about it. He's like, where did all this fucking come from? <laughs> Tell me right now, bitch! Like, No, the thing I can't get over is that the brand of honey he's staring at is a Ray Liotta select brand of honey. When I tell you this is how I first became aware of Ray Liotta... Really? I didn't know who Ray Liotta was <laughs> before I saw this movie. <laughs> From Goodfellas? I know! Like... <laughs> and he's playing himself in this movie eventually. Yeah, no, I... What is this? What in the name of mighty Hercules is this? How did this get here? Cute bee, golden blossom, Ray Liotta private select. See that actor? I never heard of him. Why is this here? For people, we eat it. Why? You don't have enough food of your own? Well, yes. How do you even get it? Well, bees make it. I know who makes it, and it's hard to make it. Barry is horrified by this because Be Kind does not know about this. He doesn't know, like, they... I, okay, I love it when he's like, what? You don't have enough food of your own? And his <laughs> voice is raising in the grocery store, and nobody knows who's yelling at her, but she's yelling back, like... And, like, Barry is resolved to get to the bottom of it, so he stays after the store closes to get some intel. Uh, yeah. And he finds that guy who swatted him with the penny saver uh -huh. working as a stock boy in the back and this scene is so off the rails because not only does Barry the bumblebee back this stock boy into a corner to interrogate him about where the honey comes from but they also end up in a sword fight with Barry using his stinger and the stock boy using a thumbtack yeah yeah no yeah where's the honey coming from <laughs> Tell me where! Uh, honey farms! He comes from honey farms! And then he has to follow the honey farms truck out of the grocery store to then find his way to the source. And, like, he ends up on the windshield of this honey farms truck. With all these other bugs. With all these other bugs who are pretending to be dead so they can get a free ride. This it is where he meets, um... Moose Blood Mosquito? Yeah, Moose Blood the Mosquito. Moose Blood is just raring to get to Alaska he, so that he can get some of that moose blood. Yeah, no, he... <laughs> <laughs> when, when he opens his mouth and it's Chris Rock, I, I can't stand it. I, I absolutely cannot stand it. And it was just an endless row of honey jars as far as the eye could see. Wow. So I'm just assuming wherever this honey truck goes, that's where they're getting it. I mean, that honey's ours. Bees hang tight. Well, we're all jammed in there. It's a close community. Not us, man. We, we on our own. Every, every mosquito on his own. Well, what if you get in trouble? Trouble? You a mosquito. You in trouble. Nobody likes it. It's all smacking. People see a mosquito, smack, smack. 
And Moose Blood eventually dips to go check out a Bloodmobile, which is extra funny. Basically, we get to Honey Farms, right? Because you're right, Moose Blood Mosquito goes off to join the Bloodmobile. And the first thing Barry observes when he gets to Honey Farm... This is rough. It, it, I mean, I don't know about rough, but Can't I understand. Carry... No, I get the, it. These cartoonishly evil beekeepers that he's coming across. Yeah. They're acting like they're East German spies. Like, I don't... Oh, no. I don't know what, why these beekeepers have to be so evil. <laughs> hey, check out the new smoker. Oh, sweet. That's the one you want. The Thomas 3000. Smoker? 90 puffs a minute, semi-automatic. Twice the nicotine, all the tar. <laughs> Couple breaths of this, knocks him right out. <laughs> he is getting to see, for the first time, a smoke gun. Yeah, a smoker, a bee smoker. A smoke gun. Listen to me, you're right, it is a smoker. Yeah, no, that thing you use to put the bees to sleep so that you can take their hard-earned labor. Uh, yeah, they're so that you can harvest their honeycomb. They make the honey... We make the money. <laughs> They're so... Why are they so evil? And then, like, they they get to the little hive, right? Because the little makeshift artificial hives. I just love the way they've turned all the cubicles into little apartments for the bees. <laughs> you know how much I was waiting for Jerry Seinfeld to make a gulag joke? No, that's the thing. When they lift that thing, they lift up the hive door and they smoke all of the bees. And he's like, this is awful. <laughs> What's going on? Are you okay? Yeah, it doesn't last too long. How did all these bees get here? Do you know you're in a fake hive with fake walls? Our queen was moved here. We had no choice. This is your queen? That's a man in woman's clothes. That's a drag queen. Shut up, Jerry. <laughs> what is this? And, and he flies through the hive and up into the sky. There's hundreds more just like the one he was just in. And this is where I said out loud to Hannah watching this. Oh, no. His own personal Holocaust is being actualized. Stop. Like. Absolutely stop. I mean, over time, that's got to hurt the bees, right? I get it. Like. And he's taking pictures with this little camera. And then we cut to him waving the pictures of the apiary under his parents' noses saying, this is worse than anything the bears have ever done to us. Oh, Barry, stop. Who told you that humans are taking our honey? That's just a rumor. Do these look like rumors? That's a conspiracy theory. These are obviously doctored photos. Ugh. Barry, how did you get mixed up in all this? Because he's been talking to humans. What? Talking to humans? He has a human girlfriend. Oh, Barry. And they make out. Make out? Barry? We do not. He's saying, what right do they have to our honey? We're the ones who labored for it. We're the ones who should get to keep all of it. Why am I hearing the communist national anthem in my head? So here's the thing. And guess how the parents are acting. Guess how the parents are acting. They're saying, no, it's not true that they steal all of our honey. It's just a rumor. And then whoever the uncle is in the corner, who is he? We, he never gets identified, I feel like. Uncle Carl? Is it? I don't know. I, or something. I don't know. And he's like, it's a conspiracy theory. And I'm like... This is too real. <laughs> this is too real. You try to tell the generation above you how fucked up everything is, and they're like, it's fine. No, like, it's just a conspiracy Yeah, theory. like... This is where Barry decides he's going to put on his big bee pants and sue the national honey distributors of the United States. Yeah, five big honey distributors. <laughs> Cut to a live news report saying Barry is going to sue the human race for theft of honey with special co-host Larry King. Don't forget Bob Bumble and Jeanette Chung. <laughs> 
Our top story, a Tri-County Bee, Barry Benson, is saying he intends to sue the human race for stealing our honey, packaging it and profiting from it illegally. Don't forget, tomorrow night on Be Larry King, we're going to have three former queens all right here in our studio discussing their new book, Classy Ladies, out this week on Hexagon. And then it cuts to Be Larry King. It's literally Larry King, guys. It's, it, it's so funny. Just in B form, the microphone <laughs> that is a little like acorn. <laughs> I love it. It's perfect. Thank you, Larry. You know, they have a Larry King in the human world, too. It's a common name. Next week on Be Larry King. No, 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 I mean, he looks like you, and he has a show with suspenders and different colored dots behind him. Next week on Be Larry King. old guy glasses, and there's quotes along the bottom from the guest you're watching, even though you just heard him. Bear week next week. They're scary, they're hairy, and they're here live. Always leans forward, pointy shoulders, squinty eyes, very Jewish. Meanwhile, back at Vanessa's apartment... Barry is being formally introduced to Ken because it's their yogurt night, Carrie. Yeah, I know. It's yogurt night for <laughs> Ken and Vanessa. What a weird white people thing to do. <laughs> and listen, guys, guys, I know that Ken is a douche canoe. Yeah, he is. But for all intents and purposes, she is more interested in this bee. He, like, <laughs> Ken is the most normal human in the entire cast. He is the one that's McReady. He's the most annoying, but he's the one that's McReady, just like us. Exactly. <laughs> he's got all the appropriate questions and strange faces when nothing fundamentally makes sense about Vanessa's relationship with Barry. I can't believe you just said the words, her relationship with Barry. I know. He's a bee. I know. That's the entire reason for Ken's face. That's why that is the most memed moment from this movie. Quiet, please. Actual work going on here. Is that that same bee? Yes, it is. I'm helping him sue the human race. What? 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 (laughs) 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 And she kicks him out, right? Because yogurt night's over. Because yeah. <laughs> they're finalizing, they're about. She's about to put the lawsuit in the mail, <laughs> and she's like, "I don't know, Barry. This is, this is pretty. This is a pretty big deal. Are you sure you want to go through with this?" Am I sure? When I'm done with the humans, they won't be able to say, "Honey, I'm home," without paying a royalty. Sarah, it's an incredible scene here in downtown Manhattan where all eyes and ears of the world are anxiously waiting because for the first time in history, we're going to hear for ourselves if a honeybee can actually speak. And so they file this lawsuit, and the human world is immediately in a tizzy because this is bananas. We've descended on a Manhattan federal courthouse. (laughs) No, the first day of court when Vanessa and Barry and Adam are all at the plaintiff table, but... Barry and Adam have a tiny table. They do, on the table. (laughs) Just for them. Wouldn't you feel weird being Vanessa? I would. One side of the room is, of course, you know, the honey distributors, their lawyers, and then all the people. But on the left side of the court chamber (laughs) is, of course, them. Only human is Vanessa (laughs) sitting there. And then the bee population on the rows behind them. And the way that Adam is looking around at the human crowd going, wow, I can't believe so many adult humans have this day off from work. (laughs) No, I love Adam. (laughs) And guys, the presiding judge over this lawsuit is Oprah Winfrey. Yeah, Judge Bumbleton. I thought you were going to say Judge Oprah Winfrey. No, give it 10 years. She'll be a federal judge. (laughs) Oprah Winfrey? You just wait. This whole court (laughs) sequence is wild. Who do we get introduced to as well? 
The opposing counsel for the honey industry is Leighton T. Montgomery. <laughs> is he ever? He is, is he ever? He is a Southern lawyer caricature. He's from Savannah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and guys, I just love John Goodman. Like, I one this is one of the best voice performances in this movie for me because his case basically is if we give bees dominion over the honey, where does it stop? Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, my grandmother was a simple woman, born on a farm. She believed it was man's divine right to benefit from the bounty of nature God put before us. If we were to live in the topsy-turvy world Mr. Benson imagines, just, just, just think of what it would mean. Maybe I would have to negotiate with the silkworm for the elastic in my britches. Like every corporation, <laughs> he's saying, hey, if you let the people be in charge, all hell's gonna break loose. And like, he's maligning the bees, like, it's so ugly. And Barry is representing himself. Yeah, he is. And the entire bee, when the judge says that part, you claim to represent the entire bee species. <laughs> And then he gets up and everyone's waiting for him to talk. Yeah. And he just goes, buzz, 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 buzz. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Barry's strategy is to characterize all of the honey distributors as greedy capitalist bee enslavers. Oh, you mean honey farms, honey Burton, and Hunron? Hunron! Hunron like and Enron! Hunron and Honey Burton takes me out. <laughs> I fucking love that. And like Barry starts putting all these character witnesses up on the stand to delegitimize the culture of honey. Like he puts Sting from the police on the stand and says he's appropriating bee culture by using <laughs> that stage name. He tells that guy from the honey corporations that the way that they use a bear, <laughs> the likeness of a bear to house the honey is just insulting because bears kill bees. Ross. And the way, Carrie, I don't know how you introduce a bear into evidence. <laughs> yeah. But it happens. It does. They let that bear inside the courtroom. <laughs> Kill bees! How's you like his big hairy head crashing through your living room, biting into your couch, spitting out your throw pillows? Rawr! Rawr! Okay, that's enough. Take him away. And Barry's like, is this what you want? Is this what you want for me and my people? <laughs> to the jury, and the way there's like, all right, he's done. That's enough. Take him out. And the way the bear walks out calmly. <laughs> And not to mention, not only Sting and the bear are here, but also... Ray fucking Leota. Ray Leota of, you know, Ray Leota Select Honey is here. He is acting crazy. He, no, that is so funny to me. The way he's drawn is too perfect. It is. It looks exactly like Ray Liotta. And so did Sting, by the way. I'm yeah, no. But Barry describes Ray Liotta as, quote, devilishly handsome, but with a churning inner turmoil that's about to blow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that could not be more accurate. I enjoy what I do. Is that a crime? Not yet it isn't, but is this what it's come to for you, Mr. Leota? Exploiting tiny, helpless bees so you don't have to rehearse your part and learn your lines, sir? Watch it, Benson. I could blow right now. This isn't a good fella. This is a bad fella. Ah! Oh! Why doesn't someone just step on this little creep and we can all go home? 
I was howling. Oh my god in heaven, Jerry. <laughs> this is a bad fella. You like this movie. Stop. You like it. I do. You like the movie. I do, and I didn't expect to like it on the second watch through. I know. I'd only seen this movie when I was a teenager. I know. And I thought it was kind of stupid, but like as I'm watching it now, I'm like, oh no, I like it. There's this whole sequence, guys. Where Ken comes over for dinner and guess who's in Vanessa's fucking apartment? It's Barry. It's Barry. <laughs> Barry the bee. And Ken finally can't take it anymore. <laughs> He's so butthurt. And so I forget exactly how it happens, but <laughs> Ken gets Barry in the bathroom alone <laughs> while Vanessa's doing washing up or whatever. She's heating up the rest of the food oh, okay. for Ken. I gotcha. Gotcha. His little Polly Pocket table she has for him to eat food <laughs> off of. They're already eating when he gets there. That's the thing. That's what drives him mad. And like he's alone in the bathroom with Barry and he starts trying to fuck him up with anything in that bathroom he can. The Italian Vogue. I know. I know. Because Barry lost a cousin to an Italian Vogue, right? Yeah, I know. You know, I've just about had it with your little mind games. What's that? Italian Vogue. Mamma mia, that's a lot of pages. It's a lot of ads. Remember what Van said, why is your life any more valuable than mine? That's funny, I just can't seem to recall that! <laughs> Barry ends up in the toilet water, <laughs> and Ken's like, perfect, I'll just flush you. <gasps> nay, nay! <laughs> no, because what Barry then does is, um, swipes the um, nail file from the toilet rim that the, Vanessa has left there. The emery board. And surfs the whirlpool swirling <laughs> into the flushing toilet. And, like, Ken tries to use a can of, like, hairspray to and a lighter light, to light him up. Yeah. How do you like the smell of flames? Not as much. Oh! <sighs> yeah. Whoa! And after burning her bathroom half to death, Vanessa bursts in and stops him from bringing that magazine down on top of Barry. And she's like, Kenneth, what are you doing? You know what? I don't even like honey. I don't eat it. No, this, this. We need to talk. The way she goes, he's just a little bee and he happens to be the nicest bee I've met in a long time. This conversation is truly audio gold. He's just a little bee. And he happens to be the nicest bee I've met in a long time. Long time? What are you talking about? Are there other bugs in your life? No, but there are other things bugging me in life, and you're one of them. Fine. Talking bees, no yogurt night. My nerves are fried from riding on this emotional roller coaster. I am beside myself because, again, Ken is the only one who's McReady. Like, he's the only one who's like, what do you fucking mean this bee is important to you? I am a human man. <laughs> That's the end of Ken, guys. So, yeah, she throws him out. She breaks up with him. She chooses Barry. <laughs> guys, it's going to start going downhill here. <laughs> Because the next day, Layton, the defense attorney for the the, the corporations. for the corporations, puts Barry on the stand, and like he's pulling out all of the old lawyer tricks. He asks him, "This this is theater." It is. <laughs> he puts Barry on the stand, and he asks Barry what his relationship is to that woman. <laughs> We're friends, good friends. <laughs> How good do you live together? He asks him if he's her bed bug. Uh, 
Hey, that's not the kind I've of... seen a bee documentary or two. Now, from what I understand, doesn't your queen give birth to all the bee children in the hives? Yeah, but... So those aren't even your real parents. Oh, Barry. Yes, they are. Hold me back. You are an illegitimate bee, aren't you, Benson? He's spoiling for a fight so that the bees will act crazy and it looks bad on them. Oh, no, and it kind of works because Adam the whole time is sitting at the plaintiff's table going, I can't believe he's saying this about my best friend. I'm so angry. Bees are passionate about the ones they love, apparently. Apparently, because Adam just loses all of his faculties and flies up towards Leighton to sting him. And he stings him right on the rump. (laughs) And wow, does Leighton put on a show. Oh, no, where's the Razzie Award for this? Adam, don't! It's what he wants! Ah! Oh, I'm here! Oh, Lord, I'm here! Order! Order! The venom! The venom is coursing through my veins! Mr. Montgomery! I have been failed by a winged beast of destruction! You see? You can't treat them like equals! They're striped savages! Stinging's the only way they know! It's their (laughs) way! The reaching for the sky is too much, Leighton! Whoa, angel of mercy! Will you come forward to suck this poison from my heaving buttocks? We could have done without. Like, we really could have. I'm so happy we have it. Great audio. Okay, do you know if this is, do you, I know we have Google. I know I could literally find out right this second. Do bees actually die when they sting? Well, um. Apparently they get not well. Well, no, yeah, because. Carrie, it's the shot of Adam. Uh Uh-huh. In a hospital bed. In an actual hospital. He's so tiny. (laughs) He has an IV drip of honey that's been weaved through several smaller tubes to make it small enough to go into his body. Because, yes, when he stung Leighton, he did lose his stinger. And the way the hospital has gone down to the hospital cafeteria (laughs) and taken one of those little plastic swords that they put in club sandwiches and reaffixed it to his bottom as a stinger. And, like, (laughs) Adam's upset, right? He's like, I blew the whole case, didn't I? Oh, it doesn't matter. The important thing is you're alive. You could have died. I'd be better off dead. Look at me. They got it from the cafeteria. They got it from downstairs in a tuna sandwich. Look, there's a little celery still on it. What was it like to sting someone? I can't explain it. It was all all adrenaline and then and then ecstasy. The smoke drifting in from outside because people are... Who's an asshole and smokes outside someone's open hospital window? Like Overworked nurses and orderlies. You're right. (laughs) You're so right. But the smoke is coming in that window and that's when Barry gets the bright idea to bring smoke into this legal argument because y'all... I'm sorry. He literally witnessed what was happening. He has photos. Why was that not brought out right away. Are you really going to quibble about this at this juncture? I'm not. (laughs) Okay. All right. So the next day in court, my first question is, why is Leighton, the opposing counsel, in a neck brace? Okay, but that's not the worst of it. And a baby walker? When he comes (laughs) rolling out in that, I'm like, what the fuck is this? This movie gets wilder and wilder. And it hasn't even stopped 
getting wild. It will get more wild. Nothing will ever get more wild or more downhill from here. <laughs> and he's like, he's the, the bee is late. The bee. Barry is late <laughs> to court. And he finally busts in. Him and Vanessa finally bust in. With the smoker. The bee smoker from Honey Farms, right? <laughs> what this? This little harmless contraption says Layton. <laughs> and Barry's like, no, listen, they are like controlling us with this object. We're actually being slowly exterminated and exploited for our labor. It sound familiar, little onions? Members of the jury, look at what has happened to bees who have never been asked, smoking or non. Is this what nature intended for us? to be forcibly addicted to these smoke machines in man-made wooden slat work camps, living out our lives as honey slaves to the white man. These are honey slaves to the white man. To the white man? <laughs> <laughs> the white man, he's right. Like, <laughs> that's absolutely right. I think that's what's frustrating about this for me is that it's absurd, but it is also technically correct. Living out our lives as honey slaves to the white man. That is quite <laughs> literally what existence is. And they are existing, these bees. And Leighton's like, oh, come on. This couldn't hurt nobody. This can't hurt nobody. And then <laughs> gasses the bees oh, in yeah. open court <laughs> like it wasn't going to hurt them. Uh... That's a crime. It has to be. They're sentient. <laughs> They're being recognized in court. Are they citizens of the United States? All right, all right, all I'm right. I'm yelling, aren't I? I? You are. That's, the, that's wow, this movie gets me. I'm getting out of breath again like I did with the with the dream sequence. Okay. I literally, like, you're right. That's why you don't like this. Because, because it sends your brain into this what is happening state. Like, it just does. The, the, guys, they win. Yeah. The judge rules immediately in their favor of the bee, the plaintiffs, the bees. The bees have their own demands. They shut down every apiary across the country. And all the honey farms carry the symbols of the revolution that's happening here. <laughs> when they have the big honey bear jar yeah. and they pull it down like a statue in Soviet Russia. Like... They, they demand an end to the glorification of the bear. The sleep dart that they shoot at Winnie the Pooh? With the fake ATF agents? <laughs> Take him out. <laughs> it's Winnie the Pooh and Piglet, goddammit. Like... Not to mention Sting being stripped of his stage name when the police... They arrest him. They arrest him, but Ross... It's th the way he's floating. He's floating. <laughs> Why is he actually floating? It's a joke about Sting. It's something to do with his personal beliefs. I don't know. Like, Carrie, when that woman is putting honey into her tea at the cafe <laughs> and that ATF agent slams her head on the table <laughs> and takes the honey away... And la-dee-da, human tea time snack garnishments. <laughs> All the honey's being taken off the shelves and returned to honey beehives. Yeah, so now that the bees don't have to constantly be making honey, the bees can kind of kick it, right? Oh no, the the honey the hive starts overflowing. Yeah. And they're like, you know what? Shut down all honey production. The way they have to turn keys like a nuke to <laughs> shut down the hive. Yep. Turn your key, sir. That's a direct reference to war games. <laughs> That Matthew, that Matthew Broderick, Broderick is in. was in. I know it is. I know it is. 
Speaking of Matthew Broderick, like Adam Flamen, right? Like his best friend is like, you know what? I'm kind of losing my uh, my satisfaction with this whole new state of life. Like I, I've kind of lost my purpose. At least we got our honey back. Yeah, but sometimes I think, so what if the humans liked our honey? Who wouldn't? It's the greatest thing in the world. I was excited to be a part of making it. This was my new desk. This was my new job. I wanted to do it really well. And now, now I can't. Yeah, but here's the thing. They're sentient and they should probably get paid. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> that is my refrain on that. But we have to have the narrative we have. So I understand <laughs> why he's saying that. My it, literal note is, uh-oh, he unintentionally ruined things for everyone. So, guys, yeah. Um, When I said it would keep going downhill, I meant it. <laughs> guys, the ecosystem begins to degrade. Yeah. Like, quickly. Yeah, all of the flora in New York City is dying rapidly. Which is saying something, because <laughs> yeah. there's flora in New York City? But also across the nation, because there's no more pollination. Like, it's not just flowers, guys. Fruits and veggies, like a key part of our ecosystem, is also dying. It's this conversation between Barry and... And Vanessa. Oh, yeah. Where they're both feeling kind of responsible for how everything is going. Looking out over Central Park and everything's wilted and brown and like... So if there's no more pollination, it could all just go south here, couldn't it? And I know this is also partly my fault. <sighs> how about a suicide pact? How do we do it? I'll sting you, you step on me. That just kills you twice. Right, right. What? <laughs> How about a suicide pact? Imagine if it had gone that way. <laughs> the movie with the Jerry Seinfeld B where him and that lady commit suicide at the end. What the hell is going on? I, exactly, that's, that's, I pinpointed exactly why you don't want to like this. <laughs> because you don't like being in this extreme state the whole time. <laughs> And so Vanessa, convinced that everything is going downhill from here, decides that the last thing she wants All to do... All of a sudden! Yeah, like, no. It's the way she, like, packs up her shit and leaves. She's like, wait a minute. Why are you leaving? Where are you going? To the final Tournament of Roses parade in Pasadena. They've moved it up to this weekend because all the flowers are dying. It's the last chance I'll ever have to see it. Vanessa, I, I just want to say I'm sorry. I, I never meant it to turn out like this. I know. Me neither. Tournament of Roses. Roses can't do sports. You know, Barry has this last second idea that, you know... Oh, it's an idea. It is an idea. All of the flowers that currently exist or will ever exist... Are, are... going to that tournament. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so he decides, hey... What if we get a bunch of bees to go to the West Coast, get all of the pollen from those remaining flowers, and then miraculously make it back to the East Coast so we can save the ecosystem? When we're seeing the plan in action and we're seeing quite literally the government having to protect the flowers with guns, security will be tight. <laughs> bringing them, yeah, bringing them into the tournament. And, and they're like, we're going to have to, they're posing as staff. And like Vanessa Bloom, FTD official floral business <laughs> don't worry it's real <laughs> and they get into like okay we gotta pick the we gotta pick out the best flow and there's a princess in the pea float <laughs> this exchange of dialogue i swear to god <gasps> how 
about the princess and the pea. Yeah. I could be the princess, and you yes, could be I think the pea. I got it. Sorry I'm late. Where should I sit? Where are you? I believe I'm the pea. The pea? It's supposed to be under the mattresses. Not in this fairy tale, sweetheart. I'm gonna go talk to the marshal. You do that. This whole parade is a fiasco. <laughs> the way they literally kick the princess that's on it off of it and then drive the float from the Tournament of Roses through interstate traffic <laughs> to the airport and get it back on a plane. Yeah. Like, in totality. But, like, here's the thing, guys. They found out they're going to have just the right amount of flowers to fix everything, but... The flight's going to be too long to keep the flowers alive, apparently. Because these are flowers that are not in water, right? They will die so fast. And we need to speed things up, don't we? Oh, God. But we're going through some choppy weather. And you know what Barry says. A New Yorker's not afraid of a little weather. Oh, stop. Okay, Barry. Okay, J Jerry and Barry. Why didn't I realize sooner? <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry, Carrie, and our valued guests. Uh, so Barry goes up to the cockpit yeah. to try and convince the pilots to fly through the bad weather. And because he's a bumblebee, they freak out and there's this whole ensuing <laughs> conflict. Where both pilots get knocked out. No, they're trying to kill him and in the process knock themselves out. Excuse me, Captain, I'm in a real situation here. What'd you say, Hal? I didn't say anything. Ah, me! Oh, no, 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 don't freak out. There's a chance. My entire space... <gasps> Wait a minute! I'm an attorney! Who's an attorney? Don't move. So, now, currently, no one is flying the plane! Vanessa, my name is Vanessa Bloom. I'm a florist from New York. <laughs> Where's the pilot? He's unconscious, and so is the co-pilot. Is there anyone aboard with flight experience? As a matter of fact, there is. No, Barry. No, you don't have experience flying a plane. Vanessa, this thing is nothing but a huge bee, a giant metal bee. It's got wings, huge engines. Why not? John Travolta's a pilot. How hard could it be? Wow. The, the, <laughs> I love him for that. They didn't have, they didn't have, they have so many concrete reasons to at John Travolta, but that was the best one because no, he does like flying. I'm pretty sure that that's a plot point in Look Who's Talking. Yeah. <laughs> oh, John Travolta can fly a plane. How hard can it be? And back at the hive, all of a sudden, Barry's on the news. A bee and a woman from New York are in control of a plane with two unconscious pilots. Oh, no. The news is immediately interested Air traffic control is telling the media that there's no way they could possibly land this plane on their own, especially because bees shouldn't be able to fly anyway. Yeah. And like Barry, God, I kind of hate that I love this. Oh, because everyone's rallying together to help. Yeah. Barry gets on this speech about how bees can do anything. The way we work may be a mystery to you because making honey takes a lot of bees doing a lot of small jobs. But let me tell you something about a small job. If you do it really well, it makes a big difference. More than we realized, to us, to everyone. That's why I want to get bees back to doing what we do best, working together. That's the bee way. We're not made of jello. We get behind a fellow, black and yellow. 
instead of colony collapse, it's colony excellence. Oh, stop. We are excelling. And like Vanessa for a hot second looks like she's actually flying the plane, but she's not. <laughs> she's the, autopilot. the autopilot has been on this whole time. Just enough time for the bees to get to the plane. All the bees in the world, mind you, right? Like, yeah. No, lightning strikes this plane and disables the autopilot. And then all of the sudden, every bee from every corner of existence shows up to, I shit you not, boys and girls, actually carry the plane towards a New York landing strip. And Ross, I got to tell you, this is where I stopped taking notes. Then, <laughs> and wouldn't it be? This, I was like, this is too, I can't. I, I, can't. I, I was saying to Hannah while watching this, when I tell you it would take, I don't even know what the name of the denomination is <laughs> for how many, whatever Ilian bees it would take to lift an aircraft. <laughs> trillions, right? Like, <laughs> yeah! It would take trillions of bees <laughs> to keep an aircraft flight. But they're all here! <laughs> yeah! They're all here, and the... And they the, gotta save those flowers! The bees that are not holding up the plane are on the runway in New York, like, making this blinking flower landing strip for the plane. Well, what are they doing, Carrie? <laughs> They're, They're thinking, thinking bee. bee. What in the world is on the tarmac? Get some lights on that! Vanessa, aim for the flower. Okay. Cut the engine. Cut the engine. We're going in on B power. Ready, boys? Affirmative. They formed a flower on the tarmac. Because <laughs> that's the only way the bees are going to land the plane safely. <laughs> it's the way the bees that are operating the plane are moving the whole aircraft around the bees on the tarmac. Like a bee actually circles a flower before it pollinates. And the the guys watching from inside the air traffic control tower. <laughs> Why is this plane moving in an insect-like <laughs> pattern? And Carrie, when they finally get that plane landed safely and ev they cut to everyone on the flight, <laughs> the guy checking his watch, come on. <laughs> and then they turn the sign on and everybody gets up in a huff. No one's freaked out. <laughs> Everyone's just annoyed they're not off the plane yet. Ross. I know. You have to wrap this up because I actually hurt. I actually hurt from laughing. Barry gets on top of the aircraft to address all of beedom. <laughs> all of apian kind or what, however you Oh, my God. Apis. Apis. <laughs> <laughs> this runway is covered with the last pollen from the last flowers available anywhere on Earth. That means this is our last chance. We're the only ones who make honey, pollinate flowers, and dress like this. If we're going to survive as a species, this is our moment. So what do you all say? Are we going to be bees? Or just Museum of Natural History keychains? We're bees! Keychain! And then the... <laughs> And then the pollen, the the pollen jacks, the pollen jacks, pollen jocks, pollen jocks. <laughs> they give Barry his own, his own jacket, his own flight jacket. Yeah, because he's one of them now. And like all of the pollen jocks go straight to work, you know, going across all of these remaining flowers and then pollinating the rest of the nation. I guess. Because here comes the sun. <laughs> oh. Doo 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 doo. Oh no! Here comes the sun. Doo -doo -doo -doo. 
Light flash forward, I feel like. Yeah. And Vanessa's floral shop is up and running again. Bees are making honey again. The world is healing. Nature is coming back. And now the only ethical purchase of honey is from bee-approved vendors, I right? love it. I love it. They're the ones doing the labor. They should get to decide how it's distributed and sold and profited from. No, I get it. No. Carrie, it's quite literally seize the means of production. It is quite literally. Yes! <laughs> I don't want to pay to live for the rest of my life. It is quite literally about giving the means of production to the laborers. The way we are screaming. I'm sorry, guys. Over B-movie. You guys are going to have to listen to this at half volume. Because... <laughs> If, if, if you've had to listen to it at full volume the whole time, tell a friend. I'm so sorry. Yeah, like, Carrie? I know. And the way in the back of Vanessa's flora shop, there is a office. Called uh, Insects at Law? Insects at Law. And, Ross, there is a dairy cow with all of this cheese and milk and butter in front of her. She's Ex also feeling exploited. She is feeling exploited. Milk, cream, cheese, it's all me. And I don't see a nickel. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Sometimes I just feel like a piece of meat. I had no idea. The cow talks! <laughs> How many other animals in this universe can talk? I guess Barry really is a revolutionary. <laughs> he is he the Mockingjay. <laughs> he made humans actualize anthropomorphism. <laughs> Ross? I carry. Ross? It's a... It's a <laughs> Don't say it. Don't say it's a self-determination story. Don't say it. It's a self-determination uh, story. God. And you know I love one. <laughs> Carrie. Russ. Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> I don't care if I ever, I don't give a fuck if I ever see another episode of Seinfeld again. <laughs> this is all you need? If anybody ever goes to me, you know Jerry Seinfeld, and I'll go, from B-movie? Every time. No, from Seinfeld. What's Seinfeld? <laughs> That's going to be me every time. Guys, I love, I love the way this movie makes me lose my breath because I'm in this state of what the fuck the whole time. Do you see me right now? I do. Do you I see do. me right now over here afraid that my ribs will break from I, laughter? I, Carrie, you like it. It. I know. I know. I, I'm going to have to come to terms with that slowly. <laughs> But I just, Ross, I can't. I absolutely cannot. I, what do you mean Jerry Seinfeld made a movie about how bees should seize the means of production yes. from human beings? Happy belated Labor Day. We should not have to pay to be alive. Like, oh, my God. I'm so, why do we have to die for an eight-hour workday? Like, oh, my God. Why did people have to die for that? Thinking bee. <laughs> That's Oh my god. I'm writing a manifesto. And it's called Thinking V. Jerry, you'll be credited. There will be special thanks. 
<laughs> to Jerry Seinfeld. It'll be my cookbook. It'll no, change the world. Absolutely not. From Lady in the Water. I am wheezing. Oh my god. Guys, after all that craziness, <laughs> we're so fucking excited to share with you <laughs> that we are entering spooky season. Oh my god. But guys, the, the sad thing is, is you're not going to get a release from us next week. Yeah. We're taking it off. We're, we're opening up spooky season the right way without this on our minds. <laughs> but guys, October 9th, we're coming back. Yeah. And we're coming back with a film we've been wanting to do. For such a long time. Since we started this damn podcast. We're kind of continuing our we've got to do that theme from birthday month into spooky season. Because we're about to start off with our first two. Uh, ones we've been saying we're going to do forever. Guys, next week we will be covering the 2002. Absolute banger classic. Live action adaptation of the famous cartoon Scooby-Doo. Guys. Matthew Lillard, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> this film is iconic. <laughs> Linda Cardellini. <laughs> I'm. <laughs> I can't. This is core. It is. This is core for us, and we're so excited. We're gonna be manic next week. We certainly are. So if you thought we were screaming this week, get ready. <laughs> spooky seasons are. Welcome to Spooky, spooky Island. Island. Yeah. <laughs> Carrie, I am so excited. I cannot wait. You're vibrating over there. Shout out to your eardrums. We're so sorry about all that, guys. <laughs> In the meantime, guys, go follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at Kicking and Streaming Podcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, folks, please be practicing the three R's. Rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, retweet, folks. We want everyone to come and join our little watch party, our little spooky watch party, that is. More quality content coming to you from kicking and streaming until then i'm carrie i'm ross and as always sorry, sorry mom, mom. <laughs> <laughs>